This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives. She's a chartered financial analyst. If you'd like to buy a vehicle or a home, there might not be one for you to get a loan for right now. You could take this time to improve your credit score so you'll be ready when the supply is more plentiful. So today we'll be giving you suggestions on how you can raise your credit score uh, and while we also take your personal finance questions. Contact us by email. The address, it's money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Nancy. What financial news is on your mind this morning? Well, good morning. I'm here by myself, Kevin, because uh, Ryder is taking a much-needed vacation. His wife is a teacher, and this is spring break. And so I'm sure there are a lot of people who are enjoying their spring break. And our caution today uh, has to do with inflation, something we've been watching very closely. It is still a problem, and our latest numbers show um, an increase in prices of 7.9%. And with the war in in Ukraine, we're seeing an extra premium added to that because of higher gas prices. It could go as high as 10% before this settles down. The caution there is be careful with all of that credit card debt in the middle of this. We could be facing something called stagflation, and stagflation is higher prices, inflation, with slower growth, a possible recession on the horizon. Our wages are not keeping up up with inflation right now, that could be even more of a problem if we start to see some slowdowns in business. So I know we're all excited about being able to get out and about after two years, but be careful about building up credit card debt in the middle of this. And, and I guess one of the primary ways the government tries to combat inflation is through interest rates? Right. And the Federal Reserve is meeting this week, and we already know they're going to raise rates uh, a quarter of a point. There are a lot of people who are pushing for half a point to slow things down, but they want to go gradually so as to not royal markets, but uh, especially in the middle of this mess overseas. But uh, they're going to have to be pretty aggressive to get things to slow down. And I guess the theory is then if it costs more money to get money, then you won't spend as much? Right. If if interest rates are higher, that's going to slow down the housing market, hopefully, and uh, will slow down all kinds of borrowing, borrowing for cars, business borrowing. Also, with higher interest rates, that changes the calculation for the current prices or values for stocks. So you'll see it affect the stock market. This is Money Talks, and today we'll be talking about improving your credit score. We've talked about uh, credit scores in the past. On the podcast information for this show, we'll have links to those six previous broadcasts. Uh, We found ways to improve your credit score we haven't talked about in a few years. You might want to start working now to improve your credit so you'll be ready when vehicles become more available to buy or you decide to look for a new home. If you have fair credit and want to move towards good credit, Experian offers a boost program. So, Nancy, how does that work? (laughs) That sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? It sounds like it might be scary, but it could be helpful. So a boost program will allow you to connect some of your utility bills so that you can show, look, I am paying my bills on time. I am a good credit risk. And um, by doing that, you need to be careful and make sure you do 
pay those bills on time because now if you don't and you've linked them, it's going to pop up sooner. But it's one way for you to get a boost to your existing score. Remember that score um, is calculated two different ways. The main one is a FICO score, and that stands for Fair Isaac Corporation. They're the company that developed this scoring. Uh, and if I remember from, uh, you know, uh, a couple of years ago uh, at work, they offered a, a financial literacy program, and we went through that. And actually paying your bills on time is a major portion of how they it's figure the your credit It's the biggest score. one. So it's very important that you do pay your bills on time, you not be late at any point, because that can uh, have a lag and effect on those scores, especially if you're looking to buy a house or buy a car, take out any type of loan, you need to make sure those scores are protected and are pristine. So um, Experian is the one that offers Boost, and they're one of the three major credit reporting right. agencies. Um, is there a way when you go to borrow some money to say, hey, be sure to check out my Experian credit report? You can ask, but what I have found, Kevin, is depending on the lending institution, the bank or whoever's lending you money, and on the type of loan, they may lean on one particular ratings agency in particular. Um, sometimes they will pull for more than that, but I have found that in particular because I freeze my credit. I am not using it right now, so I freeze it. If I have an, uh, an instance where I want to use it for some reason, I have discovered I can go to my bank or whoever I'm trying to borrow from or open an account and say, which agency should I unfreeze? So I don't have to unfreeze all three. Um, some of the bills that I think that Boost will allow you to include uh, includes uh, mobile phones, Internet, cable, gas and electric, water, uh, Netflix, HBO, any of your streaming services, uh, and you get credit for positive on-time payments. And many people have those on just automatic payments. You know, they just come through automatically. So that's a good way to do it. You don't even have to think about it. You know it's going to be on time. And so, as we said, this, because that's one of the major ways that they m measure a credit score, if, if you sign up for this and you do pay these bills on time, you should see a, a, a boost in your credit score. Right. <laughs> but remember, if you've had some previous damage, that could still be hanging out there, and you do need to address those things. If you have a question for our experts, send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Today we're talking about ways to improve your credit score. If you need to stretch how long your current vehicle will last while waiting to buy a newer one, we've got a suggestion for you. That's coming up next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed 
and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. drive a vehicle then you'll find autocorrect helpful especially on coach charlie's tip of the week listen to our podcast with me coach charlie melton on any podcasting platform or on the mpb public media app This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lottridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives. MPB's AutoCorrect frequently talks about ways to maintain your vehicle for a longer life, so you can check out their podcasts on the MPB Public Media app or just search for AutoCorrect using your favorite podcasting app. Vehicle inventory is still at rock bottom levels, so while you wait to buy a better vehicle, you could spend that time improving your credit. If you have poor or no credit, you can start building credit by getting a credit building loan. Uh, Nancy, tell us a little bit about the credit building loan. Well, let me just back up and say, if you know you need to buy a car uh, shortly, if you know that a house is on the horizon, then you need to start working on improving that score. And the first thing to do is actually get copies of your credit reports. You can get a free copy at annualcreditreport.com from each of the three agencies, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. Once you get those reports, It won't be a score, but it will be information about any kind of um, debt you've had throughout your adult life, anything that's outstanding, possible problems on there. Also, know that if you get turned down for credit at any time, they do have to give you your score so you can uh, see that. Understand that each of those three agencies have different information, even though it should be similar. They may have a little bit different ways of calculating those scores, so the score may be different. I'm also now seeing on my credit cards, often there will be estimates of my credit score, so I have some idea of what that looks like. But if you don't have any credit, and that's very common for a young person just starting out, or if you've had some problems along the way, one of the best ways to build that score is to take out a loan. So you say, well, how do I take out a alone if if I'm not a good credit risk. You can go to your bank, and uh, you need to go to just your local bank there, and you can deposit money. You can put like $1,000 in a savings account or buy a $1,000 CD, and you take out a loan against that account or against that CD. And when you do that, you get credit for making those payments. Yes, it's going to cost you a little bit of interest, but right now, interest rates are quite low. So it's one way for you to start building up some record of your payment and your repayment of uh, in full of any loans that you've taken out. 
Um, but you do need to be disciplined enough to, to when you do that to not mess up and then not start. Sure, because they'll take your account because what you're doing is you're putting up collateral. So this is a secured loan, and you're putting up that collateral, and if you don't make the payments, they will take your deposit. But again, your goal is I'm just trying to build some credit. Normally, these are pretty short-term loans, somewhere in the three-month or maybe six-month range, and you can do that more than once, and yes, it's going to cost you, but if you think in terms of the improvement in your credit score and the lower interest rate you'll get because of that improvement and how that's going to play out and save you a lot of money with the purchase of a car or a house. You know, I've gotten a, my credit report a couple of times, and it's, it's an interesting document. First of all, it's it, it's your complete financial history. Yeah, it's a lot, so right? You can go back and think, wow, I don't remember earning that much money or spending that much money, that sort of thing. And it might be a little daunting, but I think um, the last time I got mine, it came with really some pretty good instructions of telling you, you know, what's on the report, uh, how to kind of read through it, what to look for. And then the other thing is, <clears throat> we've talked about this in the past, that if you see something that is not correct on that report, you, you need to be proactive. You do. Now, here's the problem uh, that we run into, especially with identity theft. It's very difficult to get those problems cleared away. And you need to deal with all three agencies because if they all have the same information being reported to them, that error may be showing up three different times. Or if there's an identity issue, it's showing up three different times. And you're going to have to um, document, write everything, make sure you keep up with all the information so you can have evidence to say this is incorrect and that it needs to be fixed. So uh, a credit building loan, that's a, a new thing for me, but I'm wondering, is this a relatively new uh, vehicle? And, and how would where would someone go if they're interested in trying to get something like this? No, it's been around for a long time. And um, I would just say go to your local bank. Uh, typically, your local or regional banks or community uh, banks can help you get some of those loans. You can also go to a credit union. So if your um, employer has a credit union for employees, it's a great way to go and set up a loan because typically they're going to take money out of your paycheck and you know it's going to get paid back. So that's one way to do it. Uh, what about some things you need to documents or things that you might need to get together before going to apply for the loan? Well, certainly you need to prove income. And I was just talking to someone yesterday about uh, this person was saying, I, I need to, I want, we want to purchase a new house and we have this much income, but we have these assets. And can I just show I have these assets? Well, for mortgage brokers, it's all about income. Or for anybody who's lending you money, it's really about income and collateral. So having those pay stubs or W-2s, and they want to know that you haven't just been working there for a few months, but that you have some record. You've been there for a while. You're going to be there for a while because they're looking at over this period of the loan, I need to know that this person can make those payments and pay me back over a three, five, or even a 30-year period. Think about that. And um, so you have to have that verified. Um, any kind of banking information 
information. You will have those statements. And the easy thing now about applying for a lot of this, so much of our information is stored electronically. So you can uh, get copies of your bank statements and your brokerage statements and your 401ks and all of that that they're requesting and send that to the lending institution very quickly. I would think especially for people who don't have a credit history that getting a loan like this not only helps them establish credit but also maybe gets them in the the habit of, uh, you know, paying bills on time and that sort of thing. So well, it, certainly if you're a young person starting out where maybe mom and dad has been making those payments for you, you do need to build those habits. Uh, and this is where I really encourage parents to talk to their children, especially as they get in those teenage years, really talking to them about paying bills, um, modeling good behavior, talking to them about the importance of handling credit appropriately, and maybe even at that point giving them a credit card that has a limited amount on it and the parent is the co-signer so that they start to practice that and they build that up and then when they get their first job then they're ready to step out on their own with some additional things many credit card companies will go ahead and lend based on you know you've got a new job Uh, certainly what we see is um, anybody in medical school can basically get any kind of loan they want (laughs) because they know there's going to be income at the end of the road and that's what they're looking for But to start building that up, and then if you have to use some of these loans by putting money uh, on deposit and taking a loan against that, maybe do that a couple of times and then go back and see if you will qualify for a credit card, start to work on building that, and then stretching out with auto loans and aiming for, of course, we want you to buy a house. I remember when I got my job, I got uh, a a letter from um, American Express that started out by saying, now that you're in a job that pays $30,000 or more, and I was like, uh, How did they know that? No, well, no, 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 we were not even close to that yet. So this was back in the back in the way back days, Barry, the, the way mid-80s, back, huh? yes. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, what about some special terms or conditions that uh, might come along with a credit building loan? What's a grace period? Well, a grace period is just um, a period of time that within that time, if you make the payment, you're okay. Now, remember, with every loan, it is a contract. Contract, and every contract is different. And this gives me a chance to say to, to our listeners that bonds are loans. So when you buy a bond, you are loaning somebody, whether it's a municipality or a corpora- corporation, you are loaning them money. So each of those has its own contract and guidelines for how things will be paid, um, how long you have to get it paid, when is each payment due, do you pay every month or do you pay it all at the end, when is the final maturity, And what is the interest rate that is implied in all of that? Uh, The other one that's interesting to me is a prepayment penalty. And I guess if the purpose is to demonstrate that over time you can regularly pay back money, that there would be a penalty for kind of paying it all in one lump sum. Well, it actually, you know, seems odd to me that there would be prepayment penalties because don't you think the lender is just interested in getting their money back? But really, the the lender is interested in getting the interest on the money and the money back. And so that's why they build in sometimes these prepayment penalties. They don't want you to pay it early. They want you to pay it on time. But they 
they have already calculated what they're going to earn on this loan, and they want to make sure they earn it. And obviously, you need to understand that and all the other, as some of the other things you mentioned. And it's fine print. Yeah. It's, I mean, even if you go for an auto loan, gosh, Kevin, if you've gone for an auto loan, you're going to see several legal size pages with very tiny print. And uh, so many times we don't pay attention to all those things, do we? We're just so excited about that new car and the new car smell and the color of the car. And so we sign it and off we go. We have got a caller on the line. So we will say good morning to Jesse, who's called in from Columbus, I believe. Good morning, uh, Jesse. You're on the air with us. Good morning. How is everybody this morning? Good morning. What do you have for us today? I am calling because uh, I have been recent, not recently, but I'm a widow now. And a lot of my credit ratings and credit cards and stuff were attached with my husband's name. When is a good time that I can go ahead and write all three of the credit unions that have joint uh, accounts and have his name removed? And how easy is that to do? Well, first of all, I just want to say I'm sorry for your loss. Um, That is a difficult spot to be in and to sort all of that out. Know that your credit is not even though you've had joint accounts, but your credit report is based on your name and his is based on his. If you do have accounts that are joint and you want to take his name off, you really just need to uh, contact the credit company. So are these credit cards? They are credit cards, and then he had a student loan, too. Okay, the student loan, that's trickier, all right, because I'm assuming that's just in his name. It is. Okay. Um, you may want to call the servicer and um, and see what the approach there is. Um, depending on the type of loan, it could be that's the end of it, or they could uh, attach anything that came from his estate. But you need to check with the servicer to find out. Submit a death certificate so that they know this is legitimate, and they will give you some guidance there. But your credit cards, it's really just a matter of contacting each one of those and letting them know that he is deceased and they will take his name off. And, of course, he probably had his own card. You may uh, either send that in or verify that you have destroyed that. You'll do the same with bank accounts. So if we have someone who has died and we have joint accounts, then there is a process to take that person, the deceased person's name, off the account. And you do need to do that. But your credit and your score and all of your reporting is just under your name. Okay. Now, with that student loan, let me ask this question, too. He was not the student. He was a signee on a loan. Okay. Okay. Who was the student? The student was a relative. Okay. Um, This makes it... If you're not the signee, then you should not be responsible for it. Okay. And if and if the signee is deceased, I would think they have no recourse. But again, you need to call the uh, company servicing that loan and explain the situation. And they're going to go back to the original person who took out the loan. Okay. Thank you very much. That You're was welcome. Very good information. Thank good, you. Good luck to you. Uh, thanks, Jesse, for your call. Good to hear from you this morning. Let's stay on the phone lines next. We'll go to Tim, who's in Jackson. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. I just wanted to call and say 
that it was really easy for me to rebuild my credit. Good. The, the bank gave me a CD loan, which I didn't have to put up $1,000. I just had to pay for the CD right. and then cash it out at the end of the year. So without any upfront money, I was able to rebuild my credit. Of course, I had a relationship with the bank. I've been with them about 10 years. Well, that's good news. And what you're doing there. But I had, I had no credit score at all. Well, you used the CD as collateral. So they, the bank always knew that if all else failed, they had a CD. But right. um, that's a good approach there. And now I've got a 656 credit score. Well, and it's been about 18 months. Well, that's excellent news, but you need to keep working on it and get in the at least in the low 700s, and that's going to give you the best scores out there. Thank you. You're right. All right, uh, Tim, thanks for the call. Good to hear a success story there. And Tim mentioned something that, Nancy, you've uh, talked about previously, and that is if you establish a relationship with a local banker, sometimes, I mean, I, I the same thing happened with me, uh, was that uh, financial literacy uh, program I mentioned just a little while ago that was here at work was done by one of the local banks. And so over time, I got friendly with, with him, and he was one of the, the branch directors. And I can't remember. I, I know what it was. There was something involving my mother, a uh, check, and she lives in upstate New York, and they needed a signature or whatever. Well, he basically said, no, no, don't you don't have to worry about that. Well, so. it does help still to have a relationship with your local banker and uh, that they know you've had an account there for a long time. You can do business with them. They know who you are. They know who you are within the community. Um, understand, though, that they are still under regulations right. and there are limits of what they can do based on their bank's policy, based on overall uh, banking regulations. But if they can, and often their word may tip something over if, if you're kind of on the fence or whether you get approved or not, then it helps that they know you and know that you're a person that's reliable. Unfortunately, he cannot slip an extra 20 in the cash. No, no, so, no. Okay. <laughs> we'll continue our discussion of improving your credit score in just a bit. Your credit score will improve if there's incorrect information listed. We'll remind you how to check your credit report next. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. You already know MPB Think Radio is a direct result of donations from listeners like you. But instead of counting the size of your donation in dollars, how about axles? 
trucks to motorcycles, cars, even 18-wheelers. Your donated vehicle of any size helps fund the programs here on Think Radio. For more information on how to donate your vehicle, visit mpbonline.org support. Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, as she is a chartered financial analyst. If there's incorrect information on your credit report, that, that might explain a lower credit score. So carefully review your credit report from all three credit reporting agencies for any incorrect information. You can get a free copy of all of three of those credit reports from annualcreditreport.com. Uh, Nancy, let's talk for a minute about a secured credit card. Uh, first, tell us kind of what a, what a secured credit card is. Well, you're just securing it by something that they know that there's some asset that or property or something that they can grab if you don't make your payments. And what you're doing is you're putting up uh, an account, either some money you're putting up to cover the the um, amount of credit you can take out on that, which sounds counterintuitive. You know, why would you do that if you have that money? money. And again, that's just building that credit score. It's the same idea with what we had with Tim calling earlier with a CD that acted as collateral and uh, it is secured. That is secured debt. If you um, take out a car loan, that is secured debt. If you don't make the payments, they come get your car. Um, a house, uh, taking out a mortgage, that is a secured debt. If they you don't make the payments, they can um, repossess your house, foreclose on your house. All of these are examples of secured debt. Unsecured debt would be your credit cards. So uh, in some cases, the way you can approach it to get approval is by securing a credit card. But I also want to caution people on credit cards. Sometimes people get into a panic and um, they're behind on their payments and they get calls from collections agencies. And so they end up making payments on their credit cards and not making payments on their cars or houses. That is a huge mistake. You always want to make the payments on the secured debt first. That unsecured debt, yeah, they're going to wreck your credit. They're going to report you, but they can't come and take the stuff that you've already bought that's on your credit card. That's not possible. So just be careful about that. Um, another way that secured credit cards work, I think, is that you provide a deposit. So in other words, if I've got $1,000, I send that to... Right. You just you give them the 1000 and it, they hold it. Well, in that case, if I then try to spend, uh, buy something that's $1,500, would it be declined at the at the point of sale? Um, probably, depending on that particular contract. So again, every credit card that you take out, that is, you're, you're taking out a loan, you're ending, entering into a, a lending agreement, and there's a contract. So if the situation is we're only going to lend you up to the amount that you have put down on deposit with us, you're going to get denied. In some cases, they may uh, ask for some type of security, and then there's some proration there. All right, we'll allow you to go so many dollars over or so many percentage points over before we turn you down. But that's just to give them some base protection. Um, one of the other ways that you could uh, build credit is to become an authorized user on someone else's credit card. 
Um, any uh, any, th- any thoughts on that? I mean, you'd have well, to have someone that's yeah, a I mean, factor here. Yeah, I mean, it's very common for husbands and wives to do that. Um, my husband just opened a credit card, and he opened it under his name because, as I mentioned to you earlier, my credit is frozen. So we wanted to uh, get some United Airline tickets and get all of the advantage of the extra miles. And so he opened it under his name, so it's not a problem. It's under his record. But then he put me as an authorized user on the card. And so that was kind of a way for us to get around the issue of the frozen credit. Uh, but if that's the case, uh, and you, the person whose card you're on, if they pay on time and have a good credit uh, history and a good credit uh, habits, that that you, you're boosted along with them. I'm not sure about that one, Kevin. I, you know, I really wonder if that's the case because um, are they really registering that person as a separate entity, or does it all fall back on the person who opened the account? Not sure there. Got another caller on the line to get to, so this time we say good morning. To Neil calling in from Mobile. Good morning, Neil. Go ahead. Good morning. Um, I like to think outside the box, and I've got some ideas that I'd like your feedback on. Um, firstly, I think don't, I wouldn't try and get a credit card when I needed a credit card. Secondly, I wouldn't use a credit card initially anyway. As a credit card, and thirdly, there's a time of the year when it's good to get one. And I've won two ways. The time of the year, I I got one credit card from Walmart just before the run-up Christmas, and I think you know retail stores like Walmart, they want to maximise their profits over Christmas, so they're more inclined, I think, to give people. A bit of latitude on giving a credit card. What I did with a credit card is instead of using it as a credit card, I used it like a debit card and I actually put my phone bill on it, which I pay every month. So it's not like D and B, but it acts in the same way because I pay my phone bill every month, it's always on my credit card and it's always paid off. So continually throughout the year, I'm working on my credit score. Well, that is correct. That is what you're doing. Now, that's an interesting yeah. idea of applying for a store credit card before Christmas season when they might have, um, they might be a little bit more uh, lenient on approval. But I would also yeah. say to you, um, when you say I'm using that credit card as a debit card, you're not. Because a debit card functions differently than a credit card. A credit card, when you put that credit card down, that company is loaning you money. And you're paying it off when you get the bill, which I'm hoping you're paying it off every month. Not everybody can. But that still functions as a credit card, which means if the bill shows up and a a charge is on there that you don't recognize, that you think, you know, that's not me, somebody took that number, you can say, that's not my charge I am not going to pay it and you don't owe it and they will investigate if you use a debit card credit protection yes so a debit card when you use a debit card the money comes out of your bank account immediately it is not a loan 
And the problem with that is you don't have that protection. So if somebody uses that card and there's a charge that is not yours, you still owe that charge. They will investigate, and if they find it really wasn't yours, they'll put the money back, but you still have to pay it up front, or it's already taken out of your bank account up front is what happens. Yeah. So there's so a, what, what I'm saying is that I, I know a lot of people that have phone bills and utility bills and right. stuff, and they pay them with their debit card. Yes. And I'm, I'm saying you can transfer those monthly expenditures to a credit card you can up every month as you normally would. You, yes. Credit. Yes, you can, but again, you know, you've got to make sure you make those payments. And and if you've got a lot of utility bills going through your credit card, and a lot of people do that. I do that with some because I want to get the points on my credit card or be able to um, get cash back. Um, But you still have to make those payments. And if you're putting utility bills on there along with regular expenses, then what could happen is that very quickly you could end up with a pretty big charge. And a lot of people, you know, if you're looking at $1,000, $2,000, dollars a month can't pay it off and then you start to let it roll over to be the revolving card and now you're going to have really big interest charges because the average rate on credit cards is around 15 percent and with interest rates going going up that will go up so those are huge sure. oh, i understand there are risks right but what i'm saying is um if you put something relatively small like a phone bill on your credit card rather than paying it by debit, it continually builds your credit. It does. It does. Things that you said that you pay on time and But I will say my phone bill's not so small anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to get off the line then. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, then. Okay. Thanks, Neil. Well, thanks for coming. All right. Bye. Good to hear from you, Neil. Um, and as you said, and it was lovely to hear him talk, wasn't it? But I, and that's, I guess maybe if we, if you are good at paying things off, that that's a benefit. I mean, I think you need to know your spending habits and yeah, those sorts of things before yeah. you do that. But if, you know, if Neil, if he can do that, that does help out. As you said, maybe with any kind of perks that your credit cards gets, the cash back and that sort of thing. And you know, I'm always telling um, people that um, uh, you can get into trouble so quickly with those credit cards. Um, it's so easy to get them. And you go into stores now, and they all want you to sign up for their store card. And uh, they're going to give you a certain percentage off, and that's very tempting. Uh, That's one of the reasons I froze my credit card, so I wouldn't be tempted. And so you end up with, you know, five or six different cards, which is pretty typical. And it looks like you have just a small amount on each one. But if you sit down and add it all up, it can be a shock to you. And it can get away from you in a big hurry. So my recommendation is to have one good credit card that you depend on. So that total amount that you put on that card every month slaps you in the face on a regular basis and causes you to kind of, okay, I need to pull in my spending a little bit. And it's back to what I said at the top of the program. If we're facing... um, Um, higher prices on things, if we're facing a possible slowdown, maybe wages aren't increasing, then you need to be careful about letting those balances balloon. And speaking of someone who, unfortunately, a couple of times in my credit history have gotten into trouble with credit. Not you, Kevin. 
But the thing is, and it's what you were saying about looking at it, it to me, it was easy when you got in that to just not look at that. And all that's, Yeah, and it's I, especially easy now, um, and in fact, it's one of my problems, because I don't get a statement in the mail anymore. Right. I get an email, and that email gets lost somewhere along the way, which is how I've ended up being late on payments, because I, I didn't realize it was showing up. And so that can happen so fast where you're not paying attention. And then, as you say, once you decide to look at it, it is a slap in the face. And so my other problem was, too, was I think, oh, well, that's just, you know, this I, I, this for this month. Well, then next week, oh, well, that's just a little yeah, bit on this month. Yeah. And it, it, it does snowball like that. And I've so. had that experience of looking at the total and going, there's no way I did that. <laughs> and then I go down that list and I go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And I forgot. And those those pieces add up, especially in an environment of rising prices. I also, I will say, as a reformed credit holic, I guess is a good word maybe we could use, it's a great feeling knowing that you're not... did we help with that? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, but it's a great feeling knowing that you're not under that, because it is a lot of financial pressure to know, gosh, I've got this awful, you know, thousands of dollars of debt, and when you don't have that, it's, it's a very liberating feeling. Well, Canadian talking about increasing your credit score after a quick break. Where can you find trusted information about your credit score beside Money Talks? We'll have that for you next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. We're glad you found our show, Money Talks. This is Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives. Here's a reminder, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., listen live to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio, immediately following our show. If you'd like to spend some time learning about credit scores and other personal finance information, you can check out the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's website. It's consumerfinance.gov. Got a caller on the line, so we say good morning to TJ calling in from Kosciuszko. Go ahead, TJ. You're on the air. Good morning. Love your show. Thanks. My wife and I retired about three years ago, and uh, we retired debt-free. And you're right. It, It is peace of mind. Definitely. Well, uh, TJ, how did what did you uh, strategy did you and your family use to try to, to get debt free? We we just stayed off the credit, and you know if we didn't have the cash to buy it to build it up, we just did without it. But I had a I had a I had a a, a thing we did for freezing our credit cards. 
Go ahead. I would, we would have an emergency credit card, and I'd put it in a mayonnaise jar and fill it full of water and put it in the freezer. <laughs> We've heard that one before, TJ. Now tell we, me, we, we, we did that, and it worked. Yeah. Now, tell me something. Um, did you pay off your house before you retired? Yeah. And a lot of people do that because there is that, you know, I hear this from people all the time, this concern about, oh, my gosh, when I stop earning, I want to make sure that whatever happens, I still have a roof over my head. That's right. You pay the house off first, and then a few years later, all of a sudden, you can buy a car for cash. Well, my caution there is I've run into a lot of people who pay off the house, which is a low interest rate, and then they don't pay attention to uh, building investments outside of that, or they let credit cards bounce up with higher interest rate debt. So you have to make sure it makes sense for you. Yeah, we, we, we came out okay. We were real conservative, and it's worked out good so far. But the mayonnaise jar works. That's great. Well, you just, re- just 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 don't put it in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real emergency. Yeah, hot water will do it, huh? Love the show. All right. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Love TJ. Everybody. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, talking today about ways to improve your credit score. Uh, so, a couple of other tips, Nancy. We've talked about um, not missing payments, being being you know being on time with your payments. Uh, one of the other tips here is says pay down revolving account balances. Why why would that be important? Well, you're just um, you're reducing the amount of debt outstanding. So the two biggest contributors to your score is making the payments on time, and the second one is your debt ratio, and that's the amount of debt that you're allowed to take on uh, compared to the amount of debt that you have taken on. So if you pay that down, then you show that you have more room to take on debt. With which makes you less of a risk for a new lender stepping in. They know you've got some room elsewhere. Um, the other thing is that part of the credit score formula is a length of time that you've had an account. Right, and right. one thing that really helps me is the very first credit card I ever got was a Sears card that morphed into a Sears MasterCard. But I think I've had that card for close to 30 years. Yeah, they do look at that because that shows um, some record, some history there. Um, the other thing they look at is the different types of credit. So they don't want you to see you just with credit cards. They want to see a record of credit cards, car loans, mortgages, and then that gives them the full picture. Now, having said that, um, yes, if you close out some cards, there might be a temporary ding to your credit. But I still encourage people to clean out and close down some things that you haven't used and uh, just get them out of the way and not let that be a temptation. I would agree. I think when you have that many credit cards, it's just it's kind of a hassle just keeping up with them all, you know, making sure that you review your statements every month and that sort of thing. So uh, I think you're right. I think you could look at your credit situation and sort of judiciously close one or two. Uh, and as you mentioned, a, a temporary ding on your credit report. But if you have a good score, it's due to other factors as well, right. so it would only be kind of a temporary game. And the other thing I have found, again, because I have been so tempted by those store cards when I'm standing there and they're going, we'll give you 20% off if you open a card. And um, many times when I do open that and I get the card, I just stick it in a drawer because I'm not going to use it. It is still an active account. And then the other thing I found when I even tried to go back and close them, you know, the companies are, they don't want me to close the account, so they may it a little bit of an effort to get those account, accounts shut down. They want you to keep going. 
possibly even offering an incentive uh, yeah i know like <laughs> uh we'll we'll send you a gift card come back into the store um, what about limiting how often you submit credit applications? Is that yeah? Because every time um, there is a uh, request on your credit agencies, then that's an indication that you might be seeking uh, additional loans, and so that does affect it. And um, so that registers if you go for a car loan, you're uh, searching for a mortgage. Uh, then every time that the, a request is submitted, that shows up. Let's uh, end the show with a call, and it's John from Mobile. John got about a minute and a half, so if you could be yeah. brief. Yeah, thank you. What's the best way to check your credit score? Are there any free online options for uh, checking your score? Well, um, there are some out there like Credit Karma that you can sign up for and will give you a score. Again, I mentioned earlier, some credit card companies are giving you estimates of scores on your statements. Um, you are allowed to get a free score anytime you get turned down for credit. If you pull your credit report, there won't be a score on there, though. And so um, some of these others, are again, are not hard and fast numbers. They are estimates. And also, I would say the the cost of a credit score is not that much, especially I, I think like I got one when I got the credit report. So it's, uh, it seems like it might have been maybe $15, something like that. So. But also bear in mind that they calculate the score differently depending on the type of loan you're requesting. All right. Um, and so I, th I think, if anything, the number one takeaway for improving a credit score would be payment on time. Make your uh, payments on time. Uh, don't take on too much debt. Uh, build up some history with some longer-term loans and cards that you're using. Have a variety of different credit lines that you've used in the past and give it time. That's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from listeners. To hear today's show or a previous show, visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener today was Michelle McAdoo. So for Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to join us every Tuesday at 9 a.m. for Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. podcast.